Hi, you're listening to Mystically Inclined with Fiona and Mo. A podcast featuring conversations that explore what it means to live in alignment. From the practical to the mystical, we're here to challenge our beliefs, learn from each other, and grow together. And have fun. And have fun. (laughs) Okay, on today's show, we have Bradford Tilden. He incorporates so many different types of modalities in his healing practices. Um, Some of the biggest ones are sound healing and crystal healing, which we talk a lot about, but also a lot of different interesting ones. Yeah, for sure. And he, we met him through our other friend, Lauren, who has been on the show. If you haven't listened to that episode, it's a fun one. Um, And yeah, he definitely brought a lot of insight, a lot of wisdom, and some really great tools as well that we can use on the day-to-day. And we will definitely be attending one of his sound healings now. (laughs) Uh, We hope you enjoy Bradford Tilton. Cutting it close as always. (laughs) (laughs) It's perfect timing. Yeah, welcome to our world. We're going to blur. There we go. One can wonder what's behind me. <laughs> it's just us. It's my random pl- flower pots in the middle of the room. Beautiful. John just like put them there and he was like, this is a great spot for set. I'm like, yeah, but they're in the middle. <laughs> He's like, it's fine. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Lovely. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for joining yeah, us. So excited to have you. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, Yay. thanks. Oh, so where do we start? Will you tell us a little bit about, you know, we've, we've read through some of your offerings with the sound healing, but will you tell us a little bit about how that started? The, the sound healing? Sure. I, as long as I can remember, I was musically inclined and I begged my parents for piano lessons and they waited until I was eight years old. And then I exhibited uh, pretty good skills and I entered competitions and everything in my my early years and I started writing music and composing piano music uh, right around the time I even started uh, learning to play the piano. (laughs) I remember my first little compositions, which were like, though they were advanced for an eight-year-old, but you know, it wasn't (laughs) Mozart. Uh, And and so uh, I carried that into undergrad and I majored in music composition. And, uh, but I'd always had uh, my, What's interesting is my my voice. Uh, I actually I'm part of an international best-selling book called Bites of Light that was published on Amazon on the solstice, and I actually wrote about my uh, journey of awakening into sound healing and sound healing with my voice. So what I'm talking about here, you could read in in more detail there. Congratulations, that's cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. it's really it's really wonderful to to write and to be part of that that community. Yeah, and they're very powerful people. And so I focused on the fact that in fifth grade, I was cast as the lead tenor in our school musical and <laughs> pu- puberty, you know, cracking voice. <laughs> and there was this, I'll never forget it. It was this whimsical thing about St. George who goes to slay the dragon. And I have a solo piece, like an aria for a fifth grader. And the, the refrain is like this leap up in the voice that goes like, hey, George. And my <laughs> voice was cracking each time I did it. And it was very embarrassing for me and very awkward. That whole thing was riddled with, <laughs> you know, pre-adolescent anxiety. 
And uh, I think that's literally the last time I publicly uh, shared my voice until. That'll do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I remember I, I remember admiring the, the jazz vocalist who would scat and, you know, but in high school, the, the choral director was a really weird guy and I just didn't want anything to do with that. <laughs> so <laughs> but I went the, the orchestral route with the cello and the piano and all that stuff. And. But then uh, after I graduated undergrad, there was uh, two positions in the music department that were available for uh, one year fellowships, uh, the choral assistant and the orchestral assistant. And I applied for the choral, uh, the orchestral assistant, but they awarded me the choral assistant. And it was just, okay, <laughs> no experience, no nothing, nothing. And they let me, uh, they gave me a one year of free voice lessons. And I ended up conducting and participating in three out of the four groups, the fourth being the women's chorus choir. So, you know, I wasn't really a participant in that, but I conducted it. And that was the first time I really uh, looked at my voice seriously, although I had been using it uh, and exploring and experimenting with it my whole life. When I was uh, uh, when I was a young teenager, I would mow lawns and uh, instead of headphones or, or you know, earplugs, I would harmonize with the motor. And the, in harmony with my voice, I would tone with the motor. And in doing so, it, it created a coherent resonant field and it put me into a state of meditation. And so instead of this really loud, obnoxious, abrasive uh, sound of a lawnmower, it became uh, this almost like a Zen oasis, uh, simply because I was feeling the vibrations that I was producing in with the motor. And it was, I think it was the first time that I uh, intuitively used my voice uh, for therapeutic application. And That's then so neat. Yeah. I Greg, try it. I, I still do it with my my Vitamix, uh, with my electric <laughs> toothbrush. It's really interesting when you because it's basically a, a, motors are like a whole uh disc uh a chaotic collection of, of frequencies, right? But there's always one or two that are more dominant, and you can find those and sing with those frequencies, and then suddenly your whole body vibrates with it and it's this immersive experience. And that's really how I kind of work with people uh, therapeutically. I, I have developed this ability to just, just kind of intuitively or empathically feel where their blockage is. And I, I know what, what uh, frequencies to produce with my voice or bowls or you know, drums or rattles or whatever to, to, to create that sympathetic resonance. Because when you have this dominant, uh, this dominant frequency, all the other ones kind of line up to it. And so that's why I really encourage people to em emote um, to just tone and, and, and just just set the intention to clear out any repressed or suppressed emotions just through that sound and let and find the sounds that release that trauma, that grief, that sadness, that anger and, and what they look like and what they sound like. And it's it gets it's quite powerful just to use your voice to, to clear the, the um, to clear your field getting off topic already. Uh, so how I, I love it. got into it. I, <laughs> I was, love it. I'm like, ooh, I, this is so interesting. I know, like I was, clear Fiona's throat. Cause it's I know. It's like, is that why sometimes forever. when I sing, like in my car, I just burst out into tears? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, I do. Joy, joy is a very repressed emotion in this society. Mm. People are almost like um, self-conscious about expressing joy. Because, you know, mm -hmm. how can I be joyful when this person is suffering? That right. kind of thing. But the joy is just, it's like, 
it's like the the freshness after a thunderstorm right that the smell of the ozone the, the all the the plants are everything is revitalized and cleansed right that's what joy kind of does it's like ah, ah right mm -hmm. we need that joy and yeah but deep down inside we all have collective trauma we all have individual trauma and uh, we, we're not really taught how to to process it in a healthy way mostly to suppress it and mm -hmm. it gets suppressed in these sort of frozen energies of emotion and any sound that you make intentionally can you know, agitate it and, and release it through the sound. Sound is like a, it's like the delivery system or the, the releasing exhaust pipe, you know, the exhaust valve. Mm -hmm. You just make the sound and anything that wants to hitch a ride and transmute on the way out will do so with the sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was, I kind of guided, was guided into it. You know, the universe directed me into it. And then I, I went to massage school, which was an intuitive decision. Uh, and that's where I got involved with energy and chakras and all that stuff. And then I moved to San Francisco, which was also an intuitive decision. Uh, and I found myself at a sound healing school. And it was because at the time I was a musician and a, a massage therapist, right? But then sound healing was the thing that linked the two of them. And it was a no brainer. And then I connected with the quartz crystal singing bowls in real life, whereas I had been hearing their sound for over four years in my head, and I didn't even know what they were. I didn't know they existed until I heard one and saw one. And I said, ah, oh. so it was this clear audience thing that was driving me towards them. And then I immediately started singing and toning with them because I would was already doing that by toning with what I was hearing in my head, like in the mm -hmm. shower and stuff. So yeah. it, it was an organic evolution and uh, it's still growing. You know what I'm what I'm doing now. Uh, the the different ways of expressing the the sound for therapeutic or you know benefit or well being or simply joyful honoring of each other and the universe and Earth and all of that. Okay, I wanna I wanna touch on something you said about your intuitive decisions. How does your intuition like speak to you? How did you learn to kind of hear that voice? Hmm. I'm gonna have to pull way back down the dominoes. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Uh, the first time I think I consciously made an intuitive decision was when I was shopping for colleges and I went to, I had I had grades. So I went to Harvard, I went to Brown, I went, for some reason I was resisting Yale and I think it's because I might end up at Yale for a doctorate at some point, but there's always, there's, there's, there's a resistance and then there's a wah wah, right? No, nothing reads mm -hmm. and all those other classes. And then my guidance counselor in high school, who I, I owe a lot of my reality to she's like why don't you try amherst college and i had never heard of it i didn't know it was one of the top liberal arts colleges in the country I, i'm not really interested in those rankings i'm just kind of like being divinely guided so who cares but uh in a, in a sense but i went onto that campus and as soon as i set foot on that campus my whole crown started tingling and i was like this is where i'm going and i applied early acceptance and i wouldn't recommend this if you're watching this and applying for colleges it's the only application i filled out I had all oh, the other wow. ones on the table. I, I wrote the, the essays. I did this. I submitted it. I was the first person in my grade to get accepted on like January 8th <laughs> the next year. And there we go. And uh, that was it. That was, that was my intuition. It's really about just centering and focusing on how the heart, the heart center for me, how the heart center uh, responds to the idea of something. Or sometimes in my, my mind's eye, there's just sort of like this, this, this haze, this, this, this weighted dense fog that says that this, this path is just clear 
or there's that literal physical physiological tingling that I believe is like the alignment with, with our higher self and that divine energy of, of excitement, that cord of truth that extends all the way up to our, to our higher selves. And when you step into alignment with it, you actually feel that alignment. Like you can feel like the ray of sunshine, right? you know, like in the house, if there's a, a ray of sunshine where the cat's laying and you go and you, you put your hand in it, you can actually feel it. It's kind of like that, but it tingles. It's that, that alignment. And that's what I look for. Uh, or not necessarily look for, sometimes I'm surprised to experience it when certain opportunities are presented and I, I focus on them for a moment. So that's my intuitive, my way of intuitive discernment. Have you ever questioned if your intuition was guiding you or not? No, awesome. I am, I'm a big risk taker. Okay. <laughs> and I think, you know, I moved to San Francisco without a permanent place to live, without savings and without a job lined up. Wow. I just did it. And, you know, I do it again if, if it really called, you know, to do that. I moved back to the East Coast with my parents' house to live in temporarily, you know, and then, you know, no, no job, no, no. Well, my plan was to build up a, you know, a, a presence. But, you know, that that was just my guide to like, it's time to move back to the East Coast. Okay. And, you know, I, I met some people that they give their power away to that idea of being intuitively guided and they get paralyzed and they can't make decisions on themselves because mm. intuition is always just a recommendation and we have free will. Our, our sovereignty of our, our self, uh, we have responsibility to make those decisions and commit to them, right? That's what it is. It's not like we're just being ping-ponged around by our intuitive impulses. We still have to uh, ground and align and, and say, is this really what I want and align our will with the divine will, which is expressed through the intuition. And I mm -hmm. think that's where some people get tripped up or confused and they forget the part that they are the navigator of their vessel, right? They're the, the pilot and the navigator mm -hmm. and the, you know, all of that, you know, we were these, you know, divine light beings in these bodies and these bodies traverse the physical. These are our vehicles and we have to make all those decisions, but the, the signs, are presented to us if we if we look around for them that's impressive i feel like it's hard to tune in well <laughs> that's cool <laughs> well it's um yeah what would your advice be for people who have a harder time tuning in the universe and god are benevolent forces and only want the best for us and there is an infinite uh patience and compassion completely unconditionally accepting uh, there is no benefit for a God that's judgmental. There's no benefit for a God that's condemning. Uh, that's all the human guilt and, you know, that thing, oh, you know, the guilty you are, the more motivated you are to change. All that crap is very, very last, last epic, last paradigm. <laughs> it's just that the, and the important thing is to recognize that mistakes are important to, to grow from. They're just learning opportunities, right? To rewire one's mm -hmm. consciousness and say, if you make a, a there is no wrong decision, because the universe will optimize and say, oh, oh, they went this way. Well, instead of, you know, doing this or meeting these people here, we're going to line up some opportunities here. There's always, always, always something good at the end of, or, you know, or there's always something uh, positive and better for you on the horizon. If you're, this is the, where it gets interesting. If you have that fundamental uh, mindset or, or point of reference or perspective, right? So, you know, okay, take this turn. Oh, it's a dead end. Oh, really? You can turn around, but what's, what are the houses? What, what's the, what's the view? What was mm -hmm. there? Is there a, a flower there? You know, or whatever. What, why are you here? Right. Ask yourself why you've 
reached this dead end. Maybe it's an indication that the direction you thought you were going in is is not the the one you you're, that's good for you. So you you turn around and back up. You don't try to like drive through someone's lawn to get you know to get somewhere. You just go around, go back on center yourself, and then go back forward and try mm-hmm. something else. It's that's what this life is all about. It's about exploration and, and education and discovery of oneself. And you can only do that by experience. And so trust, trust yourself that whatever, whatever decision you make is in fact the right decision. And whatever happens, interpret them, interpret the experience with a positive way. You know, if something doesn't work out, something better is on the horizon, right? But you always have to just, you know, constantly release the past and not necessarily project the future, but but be open to to seeing what's next. That one of the most powerful yet simple visualizations that came to me during a meditation is I, I was just standing and you know it was, I wouldn't say it's an abyss, but there's I was just standing on this uh, this hexagonal shaped tile. Started to take a step and then another tile moved right up and, and landed where my foot was and they were all multicolored. And I kept walking that way and the path showed itself, but then there was a big, and it was very colorful. It was a big mound. It was just a simple mound. And, it, and so I had to veer off and I had to, to walk around it and then go back. And then I kept going on the path. And then there was another mound. And it was this very gentle reminder that there's obstacles in life and that you have to be willing to, you know, navigate around them, not, not get stuck in front of them, but just, own, oh, you know, just very simply, oh, it is what it is, matter of fact, just to, to start to experience everything that, that is being presented to you as objective and just say, oh, here it is. Like no major emotional drama or anxiety needs to be produced. It's just, it just is what it is. Because the universe and the third dimension is essentially objective. And I think we forget that. Like we, we, things are out to get us. Oh, you know, they're dangerous. No, you, you create that. They just are. And everything and everyone has a right to exist and has a right to their opinions. And in this climate of cancellation, I, I, I think people forget that, that, you know, opinions aren't facts. And mm-hmm. I think that's another thing that's important for people to know. We judge ourselves more than we judge anyone else. Right. Oh, I made a wrong decision. Oh, I can't do that. Well, that's what you think. That's what's then you can't do it. But what if you say I can do that? And then you surprise yourself and you do it. That's really, that's a really good point. It's also uh, rings true. And, and even what you're saying about like the openness, like just being open to a possibility of you being able to achieve whatever it is you're going out to achieve, you know, or anything like that. I think that is something we kind of forget too. It's like, we're, we're so conditioned and we're so blinded by like, okay, well, the last time this is what happened. So if I do it again, it'll happen the same way, mm-hmm. you know, versus just being open to like, well, maybe it will, maybe it won't, maybe it'll happen a totally different way, like a way I wasn't even expecting and just letting the universe kind of you know, figure it out for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, I always say it's a co-creation. Mm-hmm. It's a co-creation and we co-create with each other as well. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. I'm interested too. When Lauren was on our show, she kind of briefly talked a little bit about the crystal healing that 
she had mentioned she learned from you. So I was wondering if you can share with us a little bit about what that looks like and what that entails. Absolutely. The crystal healing, it came through very, very quickly uh, after I got involved with the sound healing school. Several of the professors there had studied uh, the modality and one of them handed me the flyer uh, and it's called universal white time gemstone healing. I was handed the flyer by the head teacher of the United States. And at that point in my life, I was working with an amethyst, a big amethyst point and doing mantra meditations. And I was starting to integrate uh, crystals into my uh, healing sessions with the sound and everything. Uh, there was a, I was living in the Haight-Ashbury at the time and there was a Tibetan import store and I would rescue these beautiful crystals that were there in the in the corners of the cabinets and everything and uh, some smoky quartz and another amethyst and and that was you know it was just this sort of intuitive thing that was happening and then I it's funny because I my guides really started talking to me I was able to hear them in the sound healing school because it's a lot of personal spiritual development as well as theory and application and they told me to buy an amethyst biomat and i because one of the teachers was selling one and i thought it was great you know yay amethyst so i bought one and then i wanted to try to sell them <laughs> to recoup my my investment right and and so that was the uh premise through which i was uh contacting this woman to try to sell her an amethyst biomat and I had happened to have a car uh, available because a friend of mine called me up and asked me to watch it for a week while he was in Hawaii. So it allowed me to drive down uh, south of Santa Cruz to meet this woman. And uh, she wanted me to experience her work. And so uh, she she gave me a, a gemstone layout while she was laying on the biomat. And it was, I, I thought it was just nonsense because there were these random stones, right? And she put them on my body and I just laid there. And then I just started pulsing. And I mean pulsing. My whole body, everything just pulsed and pulsed and pulsed for like 20 minutes. And after she took the stones off, she just looked me in the eye and she said, I teach this. And I said, I have to study with you. So what I didn't tell her at the time is that I had had a, a dream about that exact encounter that I wrote down in a journal a year and a half prior. And I wow. mean, she has a hexagon shaped house and she has a hexagon shaped healing room. And this is the dream. I was in this, mm -hmm. I met this woman at this door of a house and this hexagon shaped room. And then at the end of the dream, a giant cornucopia of crystals and gemstones raises me up into the air. <laughs> so intuition also uh, speaks to me through my dreams i've got some other examples of that too but we only got like an hour uh so i actually wrote this whole story in uh the other collaborative book i was involved with called uh, the bites uh, i mean the energy medicine solutions and i truly believe that this particular crystal and gemstone healing modality is something that i uh and my higher self uh, are actively using out in the universe as a, as a, an extraterrestrial. My higher self is an Arcturian, as far as I can understand. And that this modality was designed by these higher beings to uh, accelerate the healing and spiritual growth of humanity at this time, a uh, critical time of change and transformation and ascension into the, the new earth. And 
all of this was confirmed by the fact that during I, I signed immediately up to her first class that she was offering. And on, on like the second page of the class was this symbol of a, a universal protection symbol that I had been uh, drawing on my book covers in sixth grade. Wow. <laughs> How crazy so, weird. Uh, and um, that was just, and then I just, after the initiation, because there's an energy initiation that actually removes blockages that we have in our auras prior to incarnating, that connects you with the crystals and consciousness of crystals. I just, it's like everything was available to me. Like you, I, my guides just, they did, I just knew it. It was like, I went from, you know, amethyst, smoky quartz, rose quartz to like, ah, you know, a hundred different gemstones that I suddenly know what to do and remember. It was like, you put the program into the matrix, you know, in the matrix, mm -hmm. and you, you learned Kung Fu, right? In that movie right. or whatever. It was like that kind of thing. And so I'm a representative of this modality and it's very different than any other crystal healing education which are largely intuitive and based on um, what you feel vibrationally when you attract uh, to a crystal uh, or in certain applications like that. Uh, it's just a very uh, advanced awareness of these different, every crystal has a, you know, a different frequency. And the combination of those individual frequencies creates a resultant collective frequency which is the frequency that of these layouts that you learn in these classes. Some of the, the layouts are general healing, like the basic layout or the advanced basic layout, but the energy goes into the atomic structure. That's how deep it goes. Like it's not the cellular, not the molecular. It goes into the atomic structure of a, of a person's essence and can even heal structures within the soul. It's very, very, very powerful. And uh, one of my practitioners now, she says permanent. This, uh, one of my students uh, she brings me out to British Columbia. She's been doing energy healing for 30 years. She's a biofield tuning person and all this other stuff. And she had some work done with me and she couldn't believe that it was a permanent change. She felt her energy permanently changed by this. So it's, it's amazing. Like I've got some Apache tears right here. It just looks so innocent, but I'm building up to assemble a, a combination for the, the a retreat that I'm doing. It's joyful. Crystals are, they have so much wisdom. People recognize and acknowledge trees as having wisdom, right? You go to the tree. What is this tree experience? This 400-year-old oak tree, right? What, what, what has it seen? Well, what has this, like, what has this, this crystal seen? This is an interesting crystal. It's got, like, sand crystallized on top of it. It's like this crystal is millions of years old. What information, what wisdom does this carry? And the, the interesting thing is this wisdom is also in our DNA and the crystals open up and activate the wisdom stored within our DNA. And that's really where the transformation comes in. That's fascinating. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like crystals are starting to become more and more popular. Like you're seeing them a lot more. People are talking about them a lot more. I mean, you could like go into a Marshall's now and buy like. <laughs> Lots of calcites in that Marshall's. Yeah. I had to stop. My guide said, you can't take these and, and cleanse them and mark them up. And I said, right. why? And they said, because these crystals elected to be here to reach people who would otherwise not be exposed to them. Yeah. And I said, ah. You're right. <laughs> you know, if I pull everything off the shelf, 
how how is soccer mom ever gonna right. go oh, look at this pretty thing and then you know right. I, I saw a lot of blue calcites and you know blue calcites very calming there's a lot of yeah. anxiety so if you put a blue calcite you know on their mantle or whatever where they're you know they're, oh it's pretty let's put it here ah and suddenly its vibration is emanating permanently in the room <laughs> and, it's, and it's affecting her in a positive way it's very yeah. subversive crystal showing up in marshall's i but, know right. i know i was i was laughing because my mom showed up and she's like look at these bracelets i got they have crystals and they align with your chakras and i was like oh Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was like, okay, mom. Yeah. And then it, it was funny. So... She gave one to each of my kids. And so now they're all rocking these little chakra bra bracelets oh. with their little crystals. And I'm like, you guys are adorable. <laughs> yeah. It's, remember, I remember when I first learned about the chakras, right? Mm -hmm. I was in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. And and I, I noticed these uh, uh, waves of consciousness, right? These expansions and these increases. You're absolutely right. Crystal crystals and crystal awareness and gemstone uh frequency is the next big thing to pop uh when i was in sound healing school uh it was not very common and now it's almost essential that a yoga studio has some sort of sound bath someone who does yeah. sound healing right crystal bowls tibetan bowls they're everywhere now and that's wonderful you know mm -hmm. i've been in this field for almost 20 years and i i i applaud the fact that it's becoming um i wouldn't say trendy but it's becoming uh understood the right. benefits of the sound and sound it affects the molecular that's the deepest level that sound will impact mm -hmm. well unless it's got some other mojo like you know tied to it like when i use my energy healing or angels channel through me or whatever but sound affects the molecular and it can heal molecular trauma, molecular damage, lots of uh, cancer and sound, sound and cancer. You know, it's very beneficial to even destroy tumors on, without invasive surgery. Uh, I won't get oh. into that unless you want me to. But now the crystals, <laughs> like they're just, just like you said, that's growing in awareness and crystals, they affect the atomic level. So what we're seeing is we're seeing an increase in our collective uh, sensitivity and response to these subtle energies. And uh, along those lines is, is Reiki, which is a big thing now. When I was in massage school in 20, uh, 2003, it was a whisper. It was, mm -hmm. Reiki, uh, what's that? And, <laughs> and now Reiki's carpeted, blanketed the world. There's so many people carrying the frequency of Reiki globally that it's become a fundamental, right? Uh, of this right. Uh, fundamental platform. And, and the white time to the crystals and the gemstones is one aspect of it, but there's also an energy healing aspect as well. And so the white time comes down from the universe as at a higher frequency and allows people who've risen to the level of Reiki and, and Reiki mastership uh, to, to step up to the next level to continue their spiritual growth and increase their, their uh, healing abilities, both personally and professionally. It's the next step in the waves of consciousness and healing force that are available. And white time has no limit. Every time you use the white time, it, your abilities actually increase uh, what we call one step, which is essentially equal to one hour of healing work or one hour of meditation. And this is my guide just feeding you this information. Thank you for receiving it. <laughs> Thanks, guides. Uh, there, yeah. There's uh, the initiations. Again, they, they work by removing blockages and increasing your spiritual capacity by steps. Some of these 
initiations that are performed in like a half an hour are equivalent. One is equivalent to, okay, to 30,000 steps. That's 30,000 hours of meditation or hours of healing work done in a single initiation. I received it and it just rocked my world. I'm still integrating it. Uh, It's amazing because what happens is our, our, one of our goals is to align with our higher self and, and to really integrate our higher self into the physical, to express more of our, our spiritual. And we, have, we don't have recall of our past lives because of these blockages in our, in our auras. And it's like you know a filter, right? It's like all the light can't get in. All the, the light is the consciousness, is the, the, the knowledge, the information. And so there's blockages that are strategically placed. I believe we design what blockages we put in place and what ones we leave open. This is perhaps where our gifts come from, our latent abilities and things like that. And then of course, there's a collective blockages like humanity on planet earth at this time has certain collective blockages so that we're all on the same page in our growth. Of course, those those figures like Buddha and Jesus and you know the, the enlightened masters that, that came in with that mission with more of their uh, light available to them, their complete total life of light of their spiritual uh, divine essence. And they show us that it's possible because they are just like us. They just have integrated more chakras into their bodies and come closer back to the source. That's <laughs> they wanted me to share right there. Thank I'm always, you. I'm always the spokesperson and the representative. For how powerful the crystals are and the messages you're getting, are they all good? Are they all beneficial? Or are there some that like we should stay away from? There are. So on one level, crystals are again, objective, mm-hmm. but crystals are also tools and certain crystals can be doorways. The only, the one way I would caution this is, you know, the car isn't dangerous. The driver is, mm-hmm. and you know, people who dabble with the dark arts can get a hold of some crystals. I would just say uh, obsidian, uh, black obsidian which is a lot, a lot of uh, Wiccans and pagans use as, uh, as a scrying, right? They like to gaze into it, to, to remotely view or whatever. Mm. Uh, other people could do that and, and have access to someone who might not. It's like a, it's sort of like a leaving a door unlocked, right? Mm-hmm. So, but, that, but the stone in itself isn't bad. Mm-hmm. There are no harmful stones, but some of them are physically toxic. Uh, right. We, you know, like malachite uh, should always only be used in tumbled form. And it's not, I mean, you have to have a lot of it to be fatal, but in general, stones are benign, beneficial, and just supportive. Maybe overwhelming yourself with too many crystals might create a scattered chaotic energy Mm. uh, because especially people who are sensitive. I had one when she she couldn't walk into my healing room because it was too much. Uh, and so some people are very sensitive. Uh, there's a woman I worked with. Uh, she would get a physical shock from touching a quartz crystal. Wow. Uh, but uh, she also, it was interesting. She was staying at my house and with her partner, there were sound healers touring the West Coast. And she got this really weird illness coming down from nowhere. And I, I worked with her and I was like, how does this stone feel? Good. How does this stone feel? Not so good. How does, you know, so I actually built a layout for her that helped her to get through this illness in less than a day. Uh, and because her sensitivity was so developed, she could immediately recognize if the frequency of a particular stone was in harmony with her or discordant. 
And I think that's basic fundamental is that everyone has a different vibration. So certain stones will be beneficial for a person and certain stones will not. The stones that are not beneficial for a person most often are because that person already has enough of that frequency, Mm. right? Like you eat, you you eat a bunch of food until you can't eat that food anymore Mm because you're kind of sick of that food. It's that kind of premise. Like you've got an excess of that energy. So that stone will like put you over the edge, but Mm. this is situational and uh, you know, cause our energies fluctuate. Can you feel people's frequencies when you meet them? You're like, Oh, this person needs some quartz <laughs> healing or. So yes and no, it's something I've developed. And I, I believe that it's the ability that anyone who starts to work with crystals can, yeah. can develop. I believe it all. Well, it not, I believe it, it all originates from the cellular intelligence. I, I share this metaphor. Uh, when you first have a sip of wine, of red wine, your first ever, you don't know if it's Merlot, you don't know if it's Cabernet, you don't know if it's, um, right. you know, Noir, right? Your palate's not educated yet. But then uh, once you've experienced its frequency, essentially, next time you have a, a glass of wine, oh, this is the Merlot. Mm-hmm. If you develop that palate, the first time you work with a crystal, consciously like this uh, you know, i don't know they're just in front of me but these apache tears these are actually they create joy and they're good for kids uh which is uh it is one of uh, ironically it's a black obsidian but they're protected anyway and i already blessed them and charmed them myself <laughs> so this energy of apache tear your body learns and if you if i go to someone and i you know i'm asked to do a gemstone profile for them I will feel what energies are optimal or what might bring them back into alignment. So yeah, it's it's a subtle development, but it's something that I I love doing and it's accessible to anyone. It's just how, I mean, everything is so ingrained in my life. I intuitively choose what apples from the grocery store, right? Mm -hmm. I intuitively choose what, what items on the, the, the dinner menu. Right. And, and so I kind of intuitively choose uh, based on the vibrational feedback that I'm receiving from someone what stones might be beneficial for them for that reason. Yeah, that makes sense. I've got so many more. Anyway, stones everywhere, stones everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but this, uh, I'm just very grateful that I have chosen this path to inspire people because the, the stones and the white time energy, it just brings out what's already inside a person. Mm. And you also interact with all life forms and all everything really becomes more intimate in a sense just think about how many things have minerals, right? And, and this education brings you closer to understanding and feeling and, and interacting with the minerals, which the crystals and gemstones are comprised of. And I, I think that's where the improved quality of life comes from, is I, I, I look out like when I drive and I see all these fall colors, I'm just feeling everything, just the feeling just more alive. It's really hard to explain, but it's energizing. It's yeah, energizing. Like mm-hmm. everything is in HD, beyond HD, especially if you focus on something, you can like yeah. tune it in. And right. uh, it's just fun and, and it's powerful and healing for many, many people. That's awesome. I'm mm-hmm. curious. I feel like when I've heard people talk about, you know, your highest self, I tend to interpret that as just making your best decisions or acting in a way that is most 
beneficial for you and other people. But um, when you were talking about it, you were saying that you're connected to your highest self is from a different planet. Can you tell it? Like, what do you mean by that? What is that about? There are great question, by the way, that's, I would call, I would define what you just said as living my best self or my fullest potential. Okay. And there are uh, different points of consciousness, different dimensions, so to speak. And the higher self is always uh, at one level of consciousness higher. And if you want to wrap your brains around this, our higher selves have higher selves, have higher selves, and it keeps going. And then there's a total higher self or ultimate higher self. And this is way off topic, but way advanced stuff. So mm-hmm. most people's high, well, higher selves can be angels. They can be um, extraterrestrials. They can be uh, light beings. Uh, I've seen higher selves that are uh, fairies, elves, uh, any, any being in a, in a sort of a higher dimension. So fairies and elves are essentially angels of the nature kingdom. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the, the, that's really what they are. And, and they appear like a, a flower a fairy appears like, a, you know, like an angel with like flowers. It's, it's interesting because uh, the angels of any species look like that species. Mm-hmm. And so all these beautiful artistic interpretations are actually quite accurate when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And I've also had experiences where I was doing a, uh, piano music for a very advanced group of people. And they were just random people initially. And then at the end, I was looking at everyone. I saw all their higher selves so that we can integrate our higher selves in our body now because the, the we're, we're rising in consciousness closer to that next dimension. And I, I so that's what I come to understand. I've also come to understand that most people, if they have an extraterrestrial higher self, the extraterrestrial higher self is an angel and the angel's higher self is a light being. And it goes and it moves closer and closer back to source to um to the god consciousness or the, the totality everyone has a higher self and it's important to acknowledge that and maybe to start asking i what so was it someone said no i don't like that right now so yeah the higher self is it knows all of your past lives and it knows all of your uh current incarnations potentials objectives so mm-hmm. to speak and it's it's helping to guide and to protect you is your higher self different from your spirit guides or is that all the same kind of thing? The guides are like your higher selves, best buddies. If you can think okay. they all work together, mm-hmm. right? Or a guardian angel could be a deceased grandparent, for example, mm-hmm. who decided to come and bless your, you know, uh, protect you or be with you in that way, instead of in body by reincarnating into another family member or a close associate in your soul group could you could just simply stick around as a guardian angel and our higher self is just that one step closer to source so to speak and the higher self has a higher perspective and greater awareness of of all of our incarnations and all of our memories our higher self carries all of our memories of all of our lifetimes within it and so on and so forth cool can you tell who's fiona is oh i don't like playing those games (laughs) but um I, uh, uh, let's see <laughs> i mean i don't know I, I so you don't have to i was just curious <laughs> no i i'm not like that kind of psychic i maybe maybe if we we're in a different mm-hmm. if i was in a different mindset i was trying to figure out who my higher self was and it was it was like changing in a sense i thought i was huh. 
When I learned about the Pleiadians, I thought I was Pleiadian. When I, you know, but and I thought I must be angelic. And then I thought, uh, oh, I must be Arcturian. And then I started getting all these confirmations of all of them. And then I remembered, and this is where it gets really interesting. Like on this on this planet, I am half English, a quarter Italian, quarter Russian, and a little bit Swedish. <laughs> and um, okay, great, right? So that's my ancestry. So maybe my my cosmic ancestry has Pleiadian in it, has Arcturian in it, mm. and perhaps mm. it's all nestled under this this angel. I must be angelic because of the energies that I work with and. Quite truthfully, in the level three energy healing course, we actually start working and developing our angel wings because mm -hmm. we're we're connecting with that aspect of our of our total self, of that higher self, that of that position in the, a world of where the angels and archangels live. It's like a dimension. You know those thermostats that are like little towers with little bubbles of thing, and the the mm -hmm. different the oils rise up at mm -hmm. different temperatures, and right. It's just like that's kind of like the levels and layers of consciousness and different worlds in the universe, how it's structured, like the, the celestial realm or the angelic realm, right? That's where that and that point of consciousness, you have a self, which is a higher mm -hmm. self. And then we call world two, everything other than the earth, which is pocketed in the third dimension. So in the universe, the galactic consciousness, the, the disclosure movement is wanting us to re enter the galactic arena, right? Embrace our galactic neighbors, the Arcturians and Pleiadians and our our uh, stellar group, so to speak, uh, that's where most people's extraterrestrial higher selves live. But not everyone has an extraterrestrial higher self. It's, it's you know, it's complicated. <laughs> so, but you can ask. And and I also ask, is it necessary to know, right? Yeah, right. How does it work? How does it benefit you to know? Maybe it doesn't. Maybe that's why you don't. If mm -hmm. you need it to understand your identity, or to, to open up to access more of your full expression, then maybe it, it, it does. And I'm like, well, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm none of these? Does that matter? No. Right. As long as I'm loving and healthy and radiating joy and being a positive force in the world, that's all that matters. All, yeah. of, all of this, unless I, I'm face to face with my higher self who says, hi, this is me, which hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Uh, I'm just suspending all of these possibilities as true. Like yeah. all, all of the cats in Schrodinger's box before yeah. we open it, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's still a happy cat as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you know, it's because it, life is an adventure and it's a game. Mm. And even I forget that a lot. You know, part, part of the game is anxieties that move through, right? And you right. just have to embrace that. And people who are empathic, uh, can be susceptible to the the environmental temperature, right? Oh, there's a bunch of anxiety. Oh, I'm anxious. You know, are you or just experiencing it, right? To not right. to identify with it. Mm. And um, if you are or any listeners are experiencing anxiety, uh, the best gemstone, hands down, is a gem quality stone called kunzite, K-U-N-Z-I-T-E, uh, which they do sell at metaphysical stores, but you find them a lot in high end jewelry. And you just place it on your emotional center here and it really calms you and helps to alleviate your anxiety and uh, it's a it's a good stone to have if you are one to uh, to become anxious so mm -hmm. that's a good tip who is not anxious lately good question so do you 
do you use the gemstones and the sound healing together in your therapies? So they'll get I like do. a double whammy of the I frequencies? do. I do triple whammy because I do okay. the white time energy as well. Okay. Uh, in my group sound healings or private sound healings, I've taken to handing everyone out a particular gemstone. So everyone has that unifying field of that stone. Uh, in my private sessions, I place a gemstone layout on a person based on their intention. And, and then I'll do the energy and the sound and hands down, the sound uh, intensifies uh, the experience of the gemstones. It's a beautiful, beautiful experience, just this immersion. Yeah. And my, I have something called the Archangel experience. And I'm actually offering it in a, a scalar wave, wave field. And it's a, some gemstone layout that I created for Archangel Michael and Archangel Uriel. And then I composed and channeled some uh, two half hour meditation tracks with those two archangels. So I placed the gemstone for Archangel Michael on them and they listen intent to that intentionally composed piece of music. And I send the angelic healing energy to everyone at the same time. So it's like this thing, which is kind of why my company is called Crystal Music Healing. It all makes sense. And uh, I, I would, what I'd like to do is write uh, more half hour compositions for all of the different layouts and have it be this uh, immersive experience for people that they can purchase uh, a kit, which has a, mm -hmm. an audio track and the gemstones and instructions as to how to apply them and to experience it for oneself or, or to give to another as a service. That's my, my next Smart. step. Yeah. It's yeah. really cool. It's tingling. I guess it's the truth. That's the first time I articulated that to anyone out loud. It's always been in here. Oh, oh thank you. Okay, we're lucky. <laughs> now it's now that it's been recorded, it has to happen. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> I'm not in integrity. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, this has been great. I feel like I have learned so much. My brain is just like, I feel like I've been quietly taking it all in, all this information that you've lovingly shared with us. <laughs> How do you feel, Maureen? <laughs> yeah, I think it sounds pretty exciting. I like it. Yeah, love it. Love it. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful lifestyle to integrate. That's, that's a message I want to end with. Mm. It's about integration. It's not about separating. Okay, now I'm meditating. Okay, now I'm doing affirmation. Okay, now I'm working with this crystal. It's about integrating and living through, uh, through these expressions. Uh, mm. Be consciously aware to to choose a stone to carry with you for the day, right? To to mm. just say a gratitude when you want to, not sitting down and writing them at a certain hour, right? It's about this this integration of positive activity, positive energy generation. And that positive energy generation just goes out and it helps other people like the smile, the contagious smile, mm -hmm. right? It's the contagious positivity. And whether it's sound, crystals, white time, Reiki, biofield tuning, meditation, yoga, whatever, it doesn't really matter as long as your vibration is true and it's positive, really. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, and to understand that not everything is always positive, but you know, we have to have the the two experiences uh, in yeah. this world, which is still a universal law. What I'm hearing a lot too is like your perspective, like the perspective you're choosing to have during those anxious moments, during the stressors, like those things are all part of it. But like 
your perspective is going to, I guess, give you the outcome. Yes. Well, and as you said, even the perspective of looking at the leaves changing colors mm -hmm. is like mm -hmm. bringing appreciation to everyday things and not just like, this is my little time where I'm working on things and then I'm going to go <laughs> out in the world and do whatever. It's like, right. it's definitely yeah. Um, yeah. part of your, all of your experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Love Thank it. You both. This has been fantastic. Thank you. Thank How you. can people find you, Bradford? Because I'm sure we're going to have people who are interested in learning more about your work. My, You can reach me at my website, crystalmusichealing.com. I now have a, I, yeah, I'm working with a webmaster to have people schedule uh, online. Or you can reach out to me, find me on Facebook, my business page, Crystal Music Healing. And I'm on Instagram as Bradford Tilden. And my YouTube channel has uh, got some great videos, some live sound healings, more information about white time and all that fun stuff. Uh, is It's Muse of Aquarius, which is different, but uh, Muse of Aquarius. And uh, that's a, my YouTube channel. I love to be reached out directly through email or through phone. I won't give my phone number on here. But just <laughs> please engage. You know, I'm, I'm here to inspire and to, to teach and to give people more opportunity to become more of who they are. Uh, one of my colleagues says, I, I bring the greatness out in people. Mm, and, nice. and I think that's true. You know, we came here, we've got a limited time on this planet. It's important. Well, it, we can choose to be fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Why not choose fabulous? <laughs> Why not choose fabulous? Title of this fabulous. episode. I like it. <laughs> yeah, right? Just be fabulous. <laughs> there we go. I love it. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, awesome. thank I you, hope you guys so much. Both have a fabulous day. You as well. <laughs> All right. All bye, right. Bradford. Thank you. Okay, so today we are recapping Bradford Tilden. We sure are. What was your favorite part? Okay, I actually have a story because he okay. was talking about, I really loved the part about the higher selves. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I like that he had all these different like concepts or like different entities, I guess that could be the higher self, which is kind of cool to me. I never really thought of it that way. Mm -hmm. I always just thought it was like me, the best version of me. Right. Yeah. But then I liked how he was just like, you know, just how we're made up of different ethnicities. Like we are, or maybe were at one time, all these other different things. So I thought that was kind of cool. And then he was talking about fairies and elves and, you know, I love fairies and elves. <laughs> I have it and in my was... notes to ask you if you thought fairies and elves were real. <laughs> of course I do. Um, so one time we went hiking and I'm yeah. tempted to bring you to this hiking spot. It was okay. a fun hike. It's a pretty steep hike on, on one side. And then it kind of gradually, there were some waterfalls. It was really cute. And then, you know, we get to the other side, past the waterfalls, and we're like winding down the hike. And I kid you not, there was a whole fairy village and I freaked out. Okay. So I'm like with... With fairies in it? There were no fairies that we mm. could see. Okay. But... I don't know how to describe this. There was like this random little, it almost looked like a fireplace, but it wasn't a fireplace, just like a stone structure that was built, you know, mm -hmm. hanging out. And these little like 
other things like these little rocks that kind of look like they could be little like how big is this fairy village like dollhouse size no this the 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 thing that was built the fireplace was like taller than me it was like a big thing people size okay people size so like it was definitely built like there was cement involved Mm, okay (laughs) and there was just something about it that I was just like oh my god fairies are here and then I look over and there's this big tree in the shape of Jupiter's sign like you know the little four okay and I was like I mean I'm very tame telling the story now but I was with the, the boys my children and they were they were younger they were like 10 11 Devin was in the little carrier and I'm like oh my there's fairies here. I was like, you guys, be careful. We have to, we have to leave them something. <laughs> we need to leave them presents. And they're like, what? <laughs> I'm like, look for flowers. So I have my children forging for flowers <laughs> to leave the fairies. And then I was like, oh my God, there's a Jupiter tree. And they're like, a what? And I'm like, Jupiter, it, you know, it's lucky. You have to make a wish. Like you have to ask Jupiter for luck in something, you know? And Dina's yeah. so cute. They were worried about getting in, in trouble for something with their dad. Who knows what it was? You know, something silly. And so, you know, we all made our wishes. We left little flowers. We left little stones for the fairies. Um, it was also like, there was like a little stream that was like rolling through there. It was like very serene and like just so cute. And maybe I'll go there this week and I'll I'll get some photos for you. Okay. That'd be great. Yeah. And <laughs> and then like the next day, Dean was like, Mommy, that Jupiter tree worked. I'm like, it did. He's like, Yeah, we didn't get in trouble even a little bit. And I was like, <laughs> see, I told you. <laughs> wow. It was very exciting. That sounds very exciting. I think you should come with me. It's in Cheshire. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're going to do it. Like, we'll go next week. Okay. I'm sure we'll have a nice day where we can go for a little hike. All right. I'll go see the, some fairies. How are you feeling? My favorite part was when he was talking about the integration at the end. And I like to bring that back to, you know, it's not. I feel like often we kind of think of these different modalities of like you go and have a session or go to a class or whatever, and then you're back in normal life and that's Mm -hmm. where it ends. But I like trying to think of that as like an all the time kind of sense awareness. Like you're taking these modalities and integrating them into your daily life. So those things like anxiety and whatever. Um, That was another thing. Like when he was talking about that, he was talking about like, choosing fabulous right yeah 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 why Um, not choose fabulous why not choose fabulous and literally john and i last night were talking and we were just like i was like oh it's normal to have a lot of running thoughts in your mind right Mm -hmm. we we have so many thoughts and that's like part of i think just the human experience right yeah but like we have the power to control what those thoughts are So if we're focused on things that bring us anxiety and things that stress us out and focus our thoughts there, Mm -hmm. it's just going to create more of those feelings and more of those thoughts. Right. In those moments, if we decide like, okay, I can't solve that problem. Let me think about something that brings me joy or brings me gratitude or brings me like a good feeling and just like choosing to focus on those things and like still allowing the thoughts because the thoughts are going to be there yeah do you remember that old book celestine prophecy 
Uh, yeah, of course I do. I've given it to so many people. You have? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I know. I love that book. I read it so long it's ago, but so it did when he was mentioning about like admiring the trees or appreciating the trees and that kind of thing. That was like a big piece that they would mm. say is like focus on, you know, finding appreciation for something and then right. it elevates your vibration. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so true. Some of the stuff I will say, like higher selves of being aliens and stuff. <laughs> Isn't that quite where I'm at? <laughs> okay. Um, I kind of loved it. I love that people can live with different truths. Yeah. Yeah. I was finding myself like feeling a little, I don't know if triggered is the right word, but I just felt like suspicious or something mm. it was like this is giving me like Gilderoy Lockhart vibes <laughs> I was like why do I why am I resistant like mm. he's super nice why do I care right. if right. it's actually true or true for him or whatever right like what's the bottom line is that right he's just trying to why not be fabulous like just doing yeah. his best things so yeah I thought he was cool and it was I don't know this is kind of interesting to reflect on after. Yeah, for sure. And I agree. It's definitely something that's like not the norm, a little out of the comfort bubble. Um, but I think that's like the whole point is like, hey, you know, who knows? Right. Like, who actually and knows? I will say I mowed the lawn and I was like, I'm going to put my headphones in and just put on some kind of. Ooh. I was like, I might as well put on the 174 hertz that Holly told oh, us is good for God, releasing weight. Smart. See if that harmonizes that. with the lawnmower. I don't know. Hey, but. how did it feel? Did you feel anything peaceful? <laughs> anything kitchen giving me body? a crazy look. <laughs> <laughs> um, Listen, yeah, Adam. I think it was a little bit like calming. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. That's yeah. a good idea. So I liked it. Yeah. So all in all, we're kind of interested too. We were talking yesterday about maybe trying to go to one of his sound healings or like yeah. doing some type of session with him. Cause he really, there was like a definite energy about him that was very like calm, very kind. Yeah. Yeah. Like a mastery around it. Mastery. Exactly. Like he, yeah. he was so smart, which is cool. Smart people are cool. <laughs> yeah. I love <laughs> smart people. Okay, so here's my other follow-ups. Or did you have other thoughts on this? Are you ready for follow-ups? I don't think so. I think that was my all my things, yeah. Uh, you had a facial at Julie Wallace's spa. I did. How yes, was it? It was amazing. I loved it. I had been looking for, like I've had a couple facials in the past couple of years. Like our friend Tiffany, yeah. she did facials and I used mm. to love her facials. And then she stopped and I've been gone. I've gone for a couple, but there weren't any that I was like, yes, I needed that. And I left that place and I was like, yeah. And I, what I really liked is that statistician asked me before we got started, she's like, is this just for relaxation? Like, do you have any things you want to target? And I was like, yep. And I've been having some like breakouts on my skin. So I was yeah. just like, get them. And she yeah. did. Awesome. Mm -hmm. That facial sounds lovely. It was lovely. Try that. Uh, my other follow-up is, I forgot to mention this the last time we were talking. So when we talked to Angela and then we were recapping it after, I had instructed, requested that my spirit guides start communicating to me in hundreds, $100 which bills. update they have not. They have not. Oh, so 
We did get a little text from Johnny. <laughs> we did. <laughs> Johnny boy. I know. Your husband John texted us and he was like, you guys, I found a $100 bill once when I went to work. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. It had happened that day. He was like, I found a $100 bill. Oh, it was bill. that day? It, yes. Yeah. He like I texted he us saying it from moment. a oh at first i thought it was that day then i thought he was saying it happened like a while ago Mm -mm. oh my gosh are our spirit guides mixed up of who's who (laughs) well technically technically and this is where maybe we need to make an adjustment for what you're asking for because it wasn't his dollar bill he was opening cash registers at at one of his jobs yeah and there was a hundred dollar bill that like you know didn't well, get he, put in the safe or something like that. So he oh, like, okay. yeah, it, he like stepped on it and he was like, oh, where did this hundred dollar bill come from? And then realized that it went to where it was supposed to go or whatever. Oh. But then like right after he found a feather, mm. like he found both mm. of the things within a short time span of each other. Okay. I would like to just clarify. I'd like to find hundred dollar bills I can keep. Yes. Okay. Oh, also in our last episode, we're talking about like how you process your emotions and stuff. It reminded me that one of my biggest ones, which is like, duh, is just talking with friends because I had book club the other night and I was like, oh yeah, this is where I bring whatever's happening and everybody discusses it. And then when you leave, it's gone. So you're right. You know, I was thinking maybe we should start a mystically inclined book club. Oh, I would love that. Just a thought. If you guys are interested in doing a book club with us, I feel like the best way to get in touch with us is probably on Instagram, mm-hmm. mystically.inclined. So follow us and shoot us a message yeah. or just email us or text us or call us if you have our numbers and um, we can get together yeah. a book club. I think that would be fun. That would be fun. Okay. My other follow-up is morning routines. We haven't talked about those in a while, and I just felt like I needed to fully confess that I haven't done shit for morning routines (laughs) in weeks. Whenever that happens, I just think of all the people on here. Well, Rick specifically, who was like, don't stress yourself out over your morning routines. Um, Yeah, I haven't been great at it either because I've just been getting through work. You know, and I just run out of time. Like I, yeah. I've been so tired, so that, like it takes me longer to get ready because I'm just like moving slower. Mm. So I don't have that extra like couple minutes. Something I've been doing consistently are like ending my shower with a cold shower. That's a nice routine that I've actually been looking forward to, which is so weird if you know me. That is the craziest thing that we've said on here, and we've said some crazy things. Um, yeah, I know, and I was talking to John about it, but what I realized is I like very hot showers. So usually by the time I get out of the hot, hot shower yeah. and then I put my robe on and then I drink my tea and now I'm like overheating. So I'm like mm. trying to do my makeup. My makeup's like melting off. I'm sweating. I'm naked now. Cause I'm just like, I can't even have any clothes on me. Yeah. Um, but when I take my super hot shower and then finish with the cold shower, I can wear my robe the whole time and drink <laughs> oh. my tea and my body temperature is fine. One of my friends sent me a great meme that was like, I don't want to be warm. I want to be cold and then get warm with a huge blanket. <laughs> like what's so hard <laughs> to understand about this? I was like, yes, that is exactly true. Mm-hmm. Oh, like that thing you bought me. Remember that like sweatshirt <laughs> thing you got me for my birthday? It was like kind of like a Snuggie. 
it's yeah. yeah yeah it goes to my ankles it's it's completely obnoxious it is my most worn article of clothing yes i wear it like oh every good. day i'm really glad i'm glad it's, it's getting good use oh it sure is i love that thing Oh, and then I had another interesting conversation. So I had therapy the other day mm-hmm. and, you know, I was telling her a little bit about different people we've talked to on here and different modalities for healing and whatever. And I was like, you know, it all comes back to like, oh, then you must have low self-worth or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so how do you <laughs> actually fix it? You know, what do you do? Like you just have to think, you can't just think your way out of it, mm-hmm. you know, Maybe this sound healing helps to shake up some better self-worth, but mm. it seems like at the end of the day, you got to figure something out. <laughs> so like, what? Yeah. how do we actually change it? And she had a good insight and she was like, you know, your self-worth comes from how closely you're, you have to first know what your values are mm. and then how close you are to living in alignment with those. Like that was a really good, like I don't know, just uh, explanation, I guess, of how to think about it. Well, it's also like you're a very practical, take the steps kind of person. Yeah, right. So I think it just gave you something tangible, exactly. Work towards. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. which is so helpful because that is a really good point. Like when you break it down that way, yeah self-worth comes back to, and that's a lot of times why, like when we try a diet and the diet, you know, doesn't have the results we were looking for, Mm -hmm. or we, you know, like say you're on a diet, you haven't been eating gluten and then you binge and eat a bunch of gluten and then you feel shit and you feel like shame because you set this goal for yourself and then you weren't Mm -hmm. able to obtain it. Yeah. I think it kind of all circles back to that. So it's like being more gentle with yourself. That's like my thing is I self-sabotage. So like, I will set these really high standards for like what I want to do or achieve yeah. and then I'll do good for a while. And then I find a way to sabotage that. So I find that sometimes the explanations are like, it's like cyclical and there's no solution. Like you sabotage because you have low self-worth and mm-hmm. the only way to have better self-worth is to, you know, not sabotaged, but you sabotage. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it just keeps <laughs> yeah. going. So I'm like, where do we actually get the head of this thing? Like, right. where's the root? Right. For me, I feel like it's the the setting of the expectation. Like I just am learning to be more gentle with myself yeah. versus so black and white and so like, oh, you failed. Like it's not about winning or failing, you know, yeah. succeeding or failing. It's about um, just the little steps. And again, mm-hmm. back to what Bradford said of like the integration, you know, yeah. in those moments of feeling so emotional, you right. know, instead of eating something that is going to later make me not feel well, like, yeah. what can I replace that with? How can I re? Cause it's really just like, you're getting deregulated in your body. So like, how can you regulate that nervous system again? So that you're like in a calm place. Yeah. And then the more you're in a calm place, the more you make aligned decisions, mm-hmm. the better your self-worth is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, a cycle, a circle. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, you got to cut in there at some point though. But I also saw one thing that says less of a circle, more of a spiral, which I like because you like get closer yeah. to a point. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Or like what Julie Wallace was talking about when you're climbing the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. The switchbacks. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So smart. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. You feel like you're not making progress. <laughs> right. Like, but you are. Again. Yeah. And there was this really, um, I've been seeing it a bunch on Instagram because, you know, everybody's talking about triggers. Oh, I'm triggered. Mm-hmm. I'm triggered. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but somebody was, or a few people have been talking about glimmers. So glimmers are like good things that happen, positive feelings we're having in our body, those moments of peace, those moments of gratitude. So I say, let's, let's all like everybody listening to like, let's start to try and focus more on those glimmers. Yeah. Like right now, this is a glimmer moment for me. I don't have a a job that I have to go to work (laughs) to. I'm here hanging out with one of my closest friends and what what's better than this? I'm gonna this go shopping later. Oh, what are you going shopping for? For my birthday. Okay. <laughs> my mom was like, "Hey, your birthday's on Saturday. Let's go shopping." And I was like, "All right, bitch, let's do it." <laughs> <laughs> and also, Devin's been begging for a kitchen, so we're gonna go try and find her a little kitchen. I bought her the oh. cutest little little kid apron. Cute. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna see if I can get her name and. In- embroidered. And then I'm also going to get one for my goddaughter and I'm going to try and get her name embroidered. It'd be so that cute. sounds very cute. They're adorable. I mean, they're like Christmas or red, but like whatever. I did have a glimmer moment the other day. You know, Maggie's 13. That is mm. a, <laughs> an age that comes with a lot of attitude and growth and separation. Well, from big parents. feelings. Yeah. And argument arguing <laughs> and it can be super <laughs> frustrating at times but i t- took her and her friends out we were going shopping whatever and they were giggling so hard <laughs> at nothing like there was nothing <laughs> funny happening but they were so joyful and just so giggly and each thing they said like somebody else would erupt in laughter and i was like they're not <laughs> drunk like they're not <laughs> There's nothing, there's no substances like making them so giddy and happy. And it was really cute. So I was like, oh, right. I love that. Yeah, it was, it was nice. Like I should share that because I complain about her a lot, but <laughs> it's really sweet <laughs> too. I yeah. know I've noticed that now that I have teenagers and a toddler mm. there, there's a lot of similarities. It's like they have these big emotions, their body's changing on a level where they can't understand hormonally, mm-hmm. like so much is changing and they just are still learning how to like process it, express it, like all these things. So it's just like as a parent, having patience or like just allowing them a safe space to, you know, explore those things in a way mm-hmm. that's healthy, right? Yeah. yeah. Instead of uh, trying to just shut it down and pretending like when we were kids, like our parents just shut it down. They were like, what do you need to be stressed about? <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm stressed. Like, Devin, why do your feet hurt? Yeah. Get out of my foot massage. <laughs> exactly. So it's very interesting. Yeah. It's cool. Well, I also just want to say I feel super lucky that we get to talk to all these cool people and each Me other. But, Me I mean, the people that we've gotten to just have an hour of their time and yeah, you know, just access so to them is and everyone's just been like, yeah, let's go. Like we've had so many people say yes, and they don't even know what our show's about. They're just like, sure. They, didn't they even don't ask know name. us. Yeah. 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 I know. I feel lucky about that. Me too. So if you're listening, thanks for listening. We yeah. like doing this. We sure and do. It would be awesome if you like it and you could share it with a friend that you think would like it too. 
let's um, keep growing this little circle, spiral, yeah. whatever. You want yeah. To call and keep it. us posted if we want to do a book club. And it doesn't have to always be like a self help book. We could do some novels. Like we can, we can do whatever. Oh, yeah. For sure. I love, I read all the time and I love me some novels. Me too. All right. Well, we'll right. definitely have a book club. Okay. I mean, if you want to join our book club, reach out. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Enjoy your first day off. Okay. Thanks. Your shopping. I will. I'll talk All to right. you next week. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye.